Welcome to this episode of Nonsense Unveiled. This week, Jasmine takes the reins and brings in a special guest. Tommy and I are both absent this episode. Tommy has to work, and I guess my priorities got screwed up this weekend. So as you're hearing it, we're hearing it for the first time as well. sister Brianna she had an imaginary friend when we were really young my parents knew about her probably before I was born uh, they said that she noticed or that they noticed her talking to herself in her room or they would she would say she's going upstairs to play with Nikki and like they thought like it was perfectly normal you know to have like an imaginary friend that four and five years old and like she would tell me about about her when I was like in kindergarten and stuff like that but like you know I kind of related to it being that age and uh how old was she did you say how old she was yeah I forgot (laughs) (laughs) no she was like she was four when I was born okay so, I mean, it quite possibly could have been after that. Just, like, from my parents telling me about it. Okay. Like, I mean, I was probably five-ish when I first knew about it. But, like, definitely could have happened. Like, not too far prior to that. But, um, I guess what really started making everyone ask questions was when like we'd hear Brie talking to herself like my room was right next to hers so like you know like I'd hear her TV shut off at night like I knew when she would go to sleep and I'd be like in my room watching TV and I'd hear her like giggle stuff like that and I'd go in there and like ask her what she was doing and she'd like pretend she was sleeping you know, she would, she would just like, she'd be like, I'm just sleeping. I'm like, what? No, you're not. Like, who's giggling? She's like, it was the TV. The TV's off for me. She, like, kind of hid it from me at first, but, like, not knowing that my dad told me all about it. Until one time she just decided to come in my room and be like, Nikki's keeping me awake. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how? And she's like, well, she's like kicking underneath my bed. I'm like, turning my radio on when I'm sleeping. What? Like, Bree, you're crazy, you know, but I'm probably 11 or 12, you know, so, like, I don't know what to think of this. You know? I, don't, like, I haven't really seen, like, shows or movies, you know, nothing, like, I haven't really heard about Ghosts were monsters, you know, monsters weren't real, <laughs> you know, I was young as shit. But, like, uh, one morning, not too long after she told me these, like, crazy stories, I was, I was sleeping in my room. And I woke up to the fucking, what's it called? Uh, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. To the, to the theme song of it. Yeah. Right? So, like, I'm like, trying to go back to sleep because I had, like, school in the morning. But I'm like, no, I like this show. So I roll over and I start watching the show. And lo and behold, out of the corner of my eye, 
is this little girl sitting on my floor cross-legged looking at my TV. So I did the typical little kid thing, you know, pulled the covers over my head and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And then, <laughs> like, I just tried to go back to sleep. I'm like shaking. And when I took the covers off, she wasn't on my floor anymore. I look out my door and I see like, dress kind of swoop out the doorway and I'm like, well, shit, like my sister maybe isn't so crazy. But I was terrified about it. I ran down to the living room, woke up my dad from the couch, was like bawling my eyes out, saying like, Dad, like I saw Nikki and I saw all this stuff. And he tried to comfort me about it, said that he's seen her before. And like how he, how she'd like turn the lights on and off in the living room and like turn his cable box on and off. And like if he was listening to music when he had friends over, she'd like turn the volume down. Sounds like, like she was bored. Right, like she just liked to harass people or something, but... Yeah. Um, I guess she didn't like loud music, because he had like a really nice stereo system, which is the one, the speakers at least, are in my car. Those are the ones he used to have under his TV, and he'd blare music all the time, really late at night. So she would like turn it down and stuff. Um, my sightings from Nikki weren't too frequent. They seemed to happen really rarely. And most of the time I was in my room, like, I'd see her, like, peek in my door and kind of just, like, look away. She always looked scared of me, though. Now, I don't know if she was scared of me or if she just kind of seemed scared in general, but she never, like, giggled or smiled. Which is why I was always so scared of her when I was young, because, like, every time I she'd, like, look at me, I'd just look, I'd feel like she was intimidating. Did your sister keep saying her after you saw her? Huh? Did your sister keep seeing her after you saw her? Yeah, of course. For, I mean, Bree saw her up until after my dad passed away, which is actually the last time I saw her. I haven't really asked Bree if she's seen her recently or anything like that. I'm sure she has, at least once or twice, because I feel like, you know, they kind of like have a connection. But, um,. Like, with the Shadow Man, which is, I guess, what we're going to start off with now. Um, the first time I really even heard about it was my Uncle Jim was over. And, uh, I have an Uncle Jim. I think everybody has an Uncle Jim. <laughs> he's, typically, he's typically, or technically, not my uncle. He's my dad's best friend. But, I mean, they've been best friends my whole life. So, like, you know, I can call him Uncle Jim since I'm old enough to talk. So, he's my Uncle Jim. They were watching NASCAR, and I'm just sitting in the chair. They're both on the couch, and uh, Kevin Harvick was about to win, and they're going fucking nuts. Jim spilled his beer, and he's wiping it up, and he just looks in the kitchen and was like, what the fuck was that? And, like, we, like, paused it and shit, and like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean? He's like, I saw something, like, run across your kitchen. He's like, someone break in, so like, we're all, like, looking around in the kitchen, like, all scared and shit, like, not knowing what the fuck. I'm like terrified because I'm like 13 you know I'm just young as shit and like what if something broke in our house you know like we had a basement and an attic and like a pretty big house so like there was a lot of places you could you know this person or whatever could have went so we're all kind of paranoid about it and um next thing you know probably not a week later I out of the corner of my eye I see something go across the kitchen and, like, I told my dad about it, and he was, like, he's, like, oh, don't stress about it, don't worry. And I think he knew 
obviously about him being there the whole time. I was just so young, and he knew that he wasn't, you know, he was a threat in his eyes. He didn't want me to know about it being that young, I guess. Once I turned, probably around 14, 13 or 14, uh, he told Bree that he would wake up in the middle of the night to, like, him being held down. And, like, how he would see him, like, in the corner of the room, or right above him, or, like, hear breathing. And, like, he said it was almost like, like sleep paralysis, but, I mean, he was, shit, like, 48 or something at the time. So, like, he he's had sleep paralysis before, and, like, he knew what that felt like. But he said that, like, he could still move certain parts of his body, which, like, sleep paralysis, I'm not, I don't know, I've only had it, like, twice ever happened to me, so, like... Usually you can't move. My own experiences, I couldn't, I couldn't move muscle. Not at all. So, that's what, that's, like, when I first knew about it. And, like, I didn't think much of it, you know, being young and shit. Hell, even up until he passed away. I didn't, I never really saw much of him or knew much of him. Um, Bree told me more about him than my dad did. About, because my dad, you know, she was a lot older than me. Four right. or five years older than me, so. Her being the older child, she was 18 when my dad passed away, so she knew all these stories. And she didn't really tell me until after he passed away. And, like, I'll never forget being at Rockies, and I'm with all my friends, and like, Danny's there, and I'm up on the roll-in, we're all just bullshitting, and, you know, I started start thinking about my dad, and that it was only, like, a month or two after he passed away, you know, so I'm, like, just, like, getting up, kind of upset, getting caught in my own feelings, and, like, I just look in the field across the street, and, like, I don't know if you ever, have you ever seen the Sasquatch in Monroe, man? That <laughs> Yes. My nephew was terrified of But that that's thing. so much further down the road. Yeah. So that was my first thought, was like, oh, it's just that, like, you know, like, cutout. But yeah. I'm like, wait, that's like a mile down the road. Yeah, it was pretty far. Like, there's no way I could have, like, you know. And then I just saw him, like, move. And I was like, I don't you know, I didn't say anything. Like, I just went home. And Danny comes running into my room, and he's like, why'd you leave? And, like, I was just sitting there, like, staring and, like, shaking, because, like, I didn't know what to do. And I called Bree and told her about it. And, like, she just told me to, like, breathe and, like, asked me, like, every detail about it. And so after that, I didn't really think much of it. Like, I'd say I pretty much forgot all about it. Skirt. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it kind of just started to happen more often. It was within the first year or two after my dad passed, so it seemed like every time I thought about him or missing him or anything, I would either see him or kind of just feel his presence, like a real negative like feeling that would kind of just bring me down even more. And there were times where I feel like I felt his presence but didn't see him. Um, I probably only saw him like four or five times. Um, the second time I saw him, I was in my... We call it the carport. It was kind of like a garage, but it just like has open sides. And like I'd sit in there all the time, and there's like smoke cigarettes outside and stuff. And I'm pretty sure it was 
me, Bree, Danny, and Keith. And I looked like, I started like, just getting this like, overwhelming feeling. Like I didn't even feel it, anything that strong the first time. And I just like started crying. Bree's like, Nuka, you alright? And I was like, I don't know. Like, like I felt, like I feel weird. My heart was pounding, my hands were shaking, and like I was looking at the fucking paintball course. And over by one of the tanks, because it had like all these weird. It was, you know, it's fucking. You've seen Rocky's paintball course. It's all cheap fucking. <laughs> like plastic tunnels and right. old fuel tanks and stuff like that. Well, look where we live. <clears throat> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's these two, uh. These two poles on the other side of the paintball course. And there's a trail that leads down to the creek bed where we always walk down. And he was like standing right there. And this time, every time I saw him before, he wasn't really like a human figure, no shape of a shadow, like you'd think. Like it was kind of just a transparent figure, you know. It's kind of hard to explain, almost like an actual shadow. But you know, like how you, like how like this against the wall. The closer it is, you can see it. But the further it goes away, you can't really see the details. Yeah. Kind of like how it was the first time. The second time I saw him. It was actually shaped to it. And it scared me because it was like he was facing me, but you know, I got And obviously, no. But that's when I really started to get scared. And I even tell Brie about it all the time. She was like the main person I went to. Like, who else is going to fucking do this, you know? Right. She experienced this her whole life, so. I mean, she was the only person I felt comfortable telling. I think the only person I told her, I told after or during was. Maybe Keith, but I don't even think I told him until it was all over. Um, another time I saw him when I was driving down the road, it was still in Franklindale. Weird to me how it pretty much all happened in Franklindale. I don't know if it was because where my home was or where Bree was. Or, I have no idea. But I was driving back. You remember the Amish store? Mm-hmm. It's closed now. But um, I was driving back from the Amish store. And I, like in between those rock cuts, and there's this trailer that's next door to my mom's, 50 yards away, kind of close to the road. Uh, he was standing right where the guardrail was cut out from a car accident that happened recently. He was just like standing right there. And that freaked me the fuck out. Because like, I don't know, it, that time it seemed like he was almost signing something to me, like something bad was going to at this point, I was really paranoid because it was like the more I tried to deny it, the more it happened. And like, I started losing my shit and like, <clears throat> school's over. It's probably, it's, I think it was the summer going into senior year. So just my junior year was over. So like, I have all summer to just sit and wallow in my own depression over this whole thing, you know. And this is probably, <laughs> probably important, I forgot to mention, this is... A long time after the first sighting, this wasn't all right after another. This is months to a year apart from each other. You know, where I had enough time to forget about it and feel like it was over with. You know, like, right at the past when I was 15, um, I was going into ninth grade then. So, I mean, it stopped probably when my 12th grade year started. So about a three-year period. Give or, t- give or take, school, three school years. Actually, less time than that because school years aren't over here. But um, the last time I saw him, 
I was sleeping. And I shared a room with Danny. His bed was next to mine. Uh, Danny was awake, but I didn't even know he was awake during any of this. Because, like, I woke up and, like, I thought, like, I had sleep paralysis. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't move. I was staring at my ceiling and I was, like, tried to sit up and I just couldn't sit up. I was like, why can't I sit up? So I, like, went to grab the side of my bed, but I couldn't even do that for, like, leverage. Like, I couldn't fucking move and I was, like, so fucking scared. And, like, I heard like noises but it was like I couldn't hear anything that was happening like you ever be like watching TV and you're like zoned into it and like someone's talking to you but you don't know what they're saying but you hear their voice you know what I mean yeah it was like that and like it was like I was underwater someone was trying to talk to me like oh, I had my tub I had underwater in a bathtub and there was someone came in the bathroom and was trying to say something to me. like I knew someone was trying to talk to me but I just couldn't get a grasp on it and it was like all of a sudden I just sat up and I was out of breath and I just started breathing heavy and I felt really hot, like like I was literally sweating and I opened my window and there he was. And it was the first time and the only time I ever saw what he actually looked like. And he was facing, I, I was to the left of him, he was facing straight forward, his face facing behind me. Um, he was wearing like a plaid jacket or button up or whatever. He had like an old style winter hat on. Like a one with like the fur kind of comes over the, his ears. And he was smoking a cigarette. And then I couldn't move again. And that's when I really knew it wasn't sleep paralysis. Like I just couldn't move. Like I don't know if it was because I was in shock and I just couldn't physically do anything or mentally configure what the fuck was happening. But, like, I was terrified. And, like, he put a cigarette out and just started walking. And I wanted to stick my head out the window and, like, see where he was going, but I still couldn't move. And that's when I kind of snapped out of it. And Danny's holding my wrists. And he's like, Luke, what the fuck is going on? And, like, he's, like, shaking and crying. And I had to explain that whole thing to Danny. And that's the last I saw him. I've never seen him ever since. I don't know if him showing himself to me was his way of like telling me he like gave up or I don't know what was going on, whether he passed on or moved on or what happened, but I mean it's been well, I graduated in twenty sixteen. Yeah. I haven't seen him since. And that was before my senior year. Um Breeze claimed that she's caught glimpses of him but He's never shown himself to her. Uh, even when I told her what he looked like, she started, like, she got real emotional. Um, we still don't technically know what his name is. Um, we have a book that we got at the library in Albany that would tell, that told, like, when all the houses were built. Um, obituaries from, like, the 1800s all the way to, like, 1950s. Um, like, we don't, so many people lived in that house and so many things happened that we don't technically know. We we think it's a guy named Jason Clement. Pretty sure that was his last name, was Clement. Mm. Uh, a guy that, we, the only reason we think this though is because he committed suicide in the basement of our house. Just like my dad did. 
which is the only reason we suspect that. But there's no pictures. Um, his age was 48, which, I mean, from what I saw, was pretty close. But, I mean, other than that, we have no real you know, proof. Like, at least Nikki, <coughs> we, like, her in her obituary, she was killed by a bus in front of our house. We don't know if she lived there. We don't know if she had a friend that lived there. Or why she was so attached to the house. But that's all we know. At least we have proof, like, that's where we came, that's where she came from. And that's, you know, how her spirit ended up being around. But, yeah. Do you think this guy is, like, related to your dad's death at all? Uh, yeah, <laughs> personally. I mean, that might sound crazy, but, I mean, it took almost five years for... His investigation, or that his investigation to be over, and uh, cops didn't really tell us anything. Um, what really threw us off was he wrote a suicide note, like a long one, but even in the suicide note, he didn't really, he didn't specify at all why he did it. He kind of just apologized. Um, he talked about how his views on suicide were really negative. He didn't agree with it. He didn't think he would ever do it. In fact, the last words he said in the note was, I didn't think that person would be me. Which really gets to me and read a lot. Like, usually we'll be able to read the whole note until we get to that last part, you know. But, like, everything else about the crime is what's suspicious. I mean, he wasn't acting out of the ordinary. Um, like I said about the fingerprint things on the gun. I mean, if you think about it, it was a rifle, right? It was a 270 rifle. Shooting 190 grain bullets. I mean, this thing was barely arm's reach. Like, the only thing I mean, from the... I mean, I saw the pictures after we got... After the investigation was over from the crime scene. Which, you know, obviously fucking traumatized me. Like, last year, but... The only way he could have been holding the gun was if the stock was by his feet and the barrel was facing him and using his thumb. Right. But there was no thumbprint on the trigger. Mm. So, like, and he wasn't wearing gloves in the scene, in the pictures. It's pretty crazy. Um. Strange. Yeah, it's, it's really odd when you really think about it. There's no other fingerprints on the gun. I mean, like, you know how they can date fingerprints and things like that. Like, um, I think maybe my Uncle Jim's and mine from when he first got it years prior from us shooting it in the range and stuff, but I don't know. Every, it was, it seemed like almost every question we asked the police, they kind of dismissed or they just simply said they didn't know or didn't have proof, so they didn't want to right. tell us. I mean, from what I know, being young, being young and hearing all these stories about him, being tied to my dad, it's kind of hard not to believe that he had something to do with it. And I'm not going to say, like, my dad didn't want to kill himself, because you know what? probably did, after all the things he's seen and dealt with probably dealt with a lot worse than what I did. 
you know, if it really drove him to that point. I'm not saying someone else isn't, is like responsible for my dad's death, but he definitely didn't do it on his own. He had some outside influence or some reason beyond having to move or the condition of his house. I mean, we did find um, documents in his, like he had like this big china cabinet. He didn't keep, he didn't keep, like, China in it. Nobody ever keeps China in China. <laughs> yeah, my mom does, but, like, um, you know, he'd put, like, whenever he built, like, a loan, he had this big wallet, which I have, he'd put a lot of cash in it, and that's where he put it in one of those drawers. Um, it was in one of those drawers, in a lockbox, and he broke the lockbox open, and there was papers from 2008 showing that he was diagnosed with testicular cancer. I mean, it didn't show that he did nine treatment, but obviously he did. You know, I was, I lived with my dad back then. Like, they, my mom and dad had joint custody, but my mom worked a lot more. Like, they both worked at P&G. My mom was, like, the CEO or whatever of her plant for Charmin. My dad worked made diapers for Pampers and Loves. But he wasn't at that high position. He did work, like, 40 hours a week, but you got to think, like, 14, 16-hour shifts. He's only worked, like, 40. Right. So, like, when I did go to my mom's, most of the time I had a babysitter. Well, I was at my mom's. I didn't see my mom as often as I did my dad. Like, I was a daddy's boy. So, I would have known. You know, if my dad was in the hospital getting chemo, you think I would know about it. You know? Yeah. So, obviously, he never did in that five-year period. So, I mean, that very well could have been it. With him being a very independent person. But, I mean, when you really look at the paperwork, there's no proof to why he did it. He never... I mean, in that situation, you kind of have to state personally why you would do such a thing. Yeah. Like, in a lot of suicide notes, you see, like, you know, this drove me to do it, I've been dealing with this. He literally said the only sentence that he even had related to why was due to an ongoing problem, which doesn't answer any questions, because there's a lot of problems. Right. That he could have been dealing with. Yeah. You know? So, I mean... Me and Brie believe what we believe, but I don't know, I kind of just wish that something would just come to justice, whether it was something I didn't know about or what I already believe or simply that he was getting weak and couldn't deal anymore. I just want to sort of know the answer. I ask myself that all the time, like, <laughs> your turtle just took a dive. <laughs> <laughs> Like you watch on TV, there's those shows where people are being like literally tortured by like spirits and stuff in their house. Exactly. And it drives them to do some pretty crazy things. Like I said, like, I mean, yeah, he did tell Brie a lot of stories, but I mean, as as a father, are you really gonna tell your kids things that are like mentally traumatizing you and driving you to suicidal thoughts? Like, I don't think you'd go that deep. You know. Probably not, considering you guys would stay at his house and. Just imagine, like if I heard those things were going on in a house that I was staying at, I would probably never want to go back there again. Well, that's definitely something to do with it, but also just, just like the fact that we're his kids and, you know, us worrying for him, not only, but, um, yeah, also being 
the fear of being in the house and stuff is the only thing that's going on, or just him scaring us, being as young as you know I was. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like something of that level you don't just tell your kids. No. I feel like he may have told Jim. Jim's told me some stories that my dad told him that like were different than the ones that we've heard, like how Chet, like Charmin. What, since I don't know his specific name, that's what I'm going to call him. That's what we always called him. How, like, he would talk to him or, like, <clears throat> tell him he was worthless and, like, try to get into his head. But according to Jim, he's, you know, my dad never would let him get to him, you know. Fun fact, my dad's name was also Jim. <laughs> and then, what's crazy about their friendship is they're both named Jim. They're both the same exact age. They're only a month apart. They went. To the, they lived on the same street growing up. They went to the same high school together. They graduated on the same day. They went to the same college for the same thing. They both got their masters in drafting. Um, the only difference really in this whole spiel is Jim was never married. My dad married my mom, of course. Then they lived next door to each other in Evergreen. Lived next to each other in New Albany. Until I was like 14. Then Jim moved to Wailusing. My dad would go there like five days a week. But they they they're, were closer than anybody. They're almost the same person. Yeah, they're, they're brothers, man. Like, that's why I call him Uncle Jim. Because, I mean, from like six years old till they were 52, they were best friends. Like, that's, that's a real friendship right there. It's a long friendship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I love going to Uncle Jim's, shooting guns and watching NASCAR and watching the Super Bowl. My dad would make ribs in the oven and, like, all drunk. We'd bet on, <laughs> we'd bet on Super Bowl games. And if I won, they'd, like, let me take a shot or something, which I never won because they, they knew everything about football. I didn't care about football. I was 13. I liked football, but, like, you know, they had cable. They watched it all the time. They knew all the players, all the coaches. Who had injuries? I was just like, ooh, 49ers are gonna beat the Ravens. Nope. Ravens whooped <laughs> their asses that year. And I got harped on for it the whole night. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It comes to my crazy story of my childhood <laughs> and my conspiracy of my own father's death. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine. I really couldn't. Yeah, it's a lot to think on. Come to think, I mean, 2013, June 4th, January 26th, 2019. It's hard to believe that in a few months it'll be six years. Feels like it's been two, maybe, you know. So yeah, it's really wild when I really sit back and take it all in. It's pretty crazy. I think that I have his original suicide note, like... The one he wrote on with a pen, you know, like there's tear marks on the paper, and I own that paper. I don't even like to look at it, but I have it, and I'm glad I have it, I guess. I mean, I don't really know what it means, but I mean, we have a lot of copies, but like, I have that original paper. That's crazy. Think about that. Sad to think about. Yeah, it really is. I've read that note a thousand times. I can tell you the whole thing. It's like two pages long. From start to finish. But sometimes even when I read it, it still gets to me bad. 
like I said, I'll get through the whole thing, and then once I get to that last sentence, I'm just like, yeah, we're going to fold this back up and put it back where it goes, because I'm not reading that last sentence, even though I know what it says, but just reading it out loud is what makes it that much more real. What's weird is about his note. Uh, when we first got the copy, there were scribble marks on top, like four of them. We didn't know why, like, you know, obviously checking his pen. Um, but then the police told us before we got the original copy back, while the investigation was still going on, that the scribbles up top were two different colors of ink. Hmm. So, like, before, I mean, obviously it didn't happen, but we used to think before we got the original copies that he, like, coded some things from like black to blue you know say like if it was written in black and there was words in blue like they would say something right we were you know we were just trying you know we're dumb (laughs) just trying to figure things out you know but um no he ran out of ink halfway through the blue section and then started writing with black which disproved that theory but that was just one of the theories we had was like maybe he was trying to tell us something you know that you know, obviously, if he did do that, the police would have obviously decoded it, you know. Not a bad theory, though. But, you know, still, it's still worth thinking about. When you're trying to figure stuff out like that, you'll literally think of anything. True. But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much about it. Things have been pretty normal ever since. You ever worried that, like, you'll start seeing him again? Not really. I don't know, because I feel like... I think I'm emotionally strong enough to deal with it. I mean, it sounds crazy and, like, cliche when you think about movies and stuff. You know, like, when they're at their weakest point, that's when they show type of thing. But, like, you know what? That's really when it seemed to happen, is when I was... At my lowest, when I, you know, like, thought about killing myself or anything like that, or got to so deep depression that I didn't know what to do anymore, that's when I would see him, or that's when I would feel his presence, but, like, I've, I'm much stronger today than I was. So I feel like, I don't think he could get to me like that. Like, if I did see him, I'd have enough willpower and you know, prior knowledge to know that he can't get to me like that. I've, I've had enough healing time to, you know, accept all that. And I think that's, that was a big part of it. It was the pain that I felt from those events. And, like, maybe that's why he kind of targeted me. Because my dad was weak, physically and emotionally. Maybe he started targeting me because of that. He knew that the trauma I just went through, so I was an easy target, but I feel like if he was gonna, he wouldn't have waited two and a half years. Right. He never waited that long, so I don't know, even if he did, I'd probably just laugh at him. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds whack, but I ain't kidding. I don't know. It doesn't really scare me. I mean, I guess when, I guess if reality kicked in, and I actually did, obviously Right. I, I, I'm not going to say I worry about it, because I don't, I don't think it's realistic that it would happen again. 
I personally think he moved on, which is why <clears throat> when I say Bree supposedly saw him, I'm not trying to, you know, obviously I trust her with my life, but I think maybe she says certain things to me to make me feel like I'm not as crazy as I sound, you know, but I personally feel like he moved on wherever, you know, wherever he would have went or whatever. Um, she only told me, like, one time she, like, saw him or whatever, like, after I told her that, but personally, I think she was just trying to make me feel like I didn't sound as crazy as I thought I did. Did it help? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> but looking back on it, I feel like she was, that's how I feel. I, I'm not worried about seeing him again, because I personally think that he passed on. If he does, I guess we'll just figure it out. That's for a future oh, Luke no. to that's for a future Luke to figure out, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not too worried about it. Well thank you for telling us your story. <coughs> no problem. The whole five listeners we have. <laughs> it's five. No, I'm sure it's more than five, but <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Probably sound like a complete whack job. But... No. No, you should you should listen to some of the things we've talked about. I've never listened to your podcast, mm -hmm. but you've told me a few of your uh, your topics and stuff. And, you know, yeah. to me, they sound really interesting. So one of the one, well, I think one of the craziest things we talked about was this guy literally wrote like his own Bible, I guess, and it was all about how your body is a bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but specifically and a bus. All of your personalities are passengers. Like you have twenty-four seats, man. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you get possessed by a demon, and that's when he starts driving the bus. <clears throat> yeah. So like, so like when you're sad, it's your sad personality driving the bus. And then when you're happy, it's your happy personality driving the bus. And then you get possessed, and it's a demon driving your bus. <laughs> I listen to a lot of crazy theories. So I can't really yeah. sit here and judge anybody, but that's pretty whack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we've talked about some pretty whack things on here. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I mean, I mean, theoretically, I feel like maybe if he was trying to paint a picture by using the bus... Yeah, it was all a metaphor, okay. but like, yeah. in a I way, it you were makes say, sense. Like, your, you know, your body is a temple type of thing. I was like, okay, you know, I see where you're going with it. But then you said bus. No. I was like, Whoa. He literally <laughs> uses the word, your body is a bus. The wheels on the Being bus. Being driven. Several <laughs> personalities. Okay. We, I'm pretty sure we named that one the title of the episode, Who's Driving the Bus? It's pretty it was, funny. Yeah. I like that. No, it was crazy. The guy was crazy. It was a terrible episode. It was a good episode, but it was a terrible episode. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, we tried to cover, like, a lot of local stories. <clears throat> I guess because, like, maybe because of my experiences, I've always just been fascinated with the whole topic. Like, I love horror movies, but I'm not into horror movies unless they're, like, spiritual. Unless they're, like, paranormal, you know? Right. 
like paranormal activity I'm not super into but I don't know maybe it's just because it's too cliche and it's so popular and overrated I don't know I like I like stories that are based on real events like like the Amityville house like that was a real event that happened and there were movies you know obviously that were kind of overthrown you know yeah they were good movies right I've always been into stuff like that. Like, remember the a haunting that show? Yeah. I think it was on Sci-Fi or something. something yeah. Like that. It was on like yeah. once a week, like one episode a week or something like that. They were so stingy with it. it made me mad because like I was in school, <laughs> so like I always wanted to like catch it, but like luckily, Dish was a thing and I could record it and watch it. But. They always scared the crap out of me. I'm like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch a show and I'm going to be into it and I'm going to shut it off and I'm going to cry because it's scary. I've seen thousands of movies based on like demons and shows, but to me, my favorite was always a haunting. Always a yeah. See, Tommy, we all have our like niche, niche <coughs> however you say it, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, He does like aliens. He did this one story, it was pretty cool. One of our first podcasts, I actually don't even know if it made it. It was a story about mutilation. Mm-hmm. And um, this guy, they found him laying in a ditch, like completely drained of all of his blood. And he had like a gaping hole going up his butt where they completely took out all of his entrails. Oh like God. it looked like it was sucked out, not like cut out. That's crazy. It was all like super precise cuts and all this stuff. There was like, I don't know. And they said he didn't, he didn't die from blood loss and stuff like that. He died from the pain. Yeah. So like, he they had to have done it like so quick for him to die from the pain. It's crazy. Right. Well, like you know they say like, not with every person, but like. It's possible, like, if you jump off a cliff or jump off, like, a tall building, you'll have a heart attack before you hit the ground. Right. You know? I mean, that's totally, totally plausible. I mean, you ever have those dreams where you're falling? Yeah, they say, they say if you don't wake up, you'll really die from a heart attack. Yeah, I believe that. I feel like, I don't remember them specifically, but I feel like there have been dreams that I've had where I've died. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not trying to, like, just purposely disprove the theory. Like, I'm honestly being serious. I don't specifically... Right. I don't specifically remember how the dreams went, but I feel like I remember, like, hitting the ground at least once. Or, like, I don't know. Like, actually being in a car accident in a dream or right. something like that, you know. Dealing with an impact or being shot or something. I mean... It's a cool theory, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like if you die in your dream, like like the episode of the Family Guy, when you poop in your dreams, you poop for real. <laughs> like yeah, like it's. I mean, I can't say it's not true, but. Right. I mean, I remember. I'll never forget the the one dream I remember the most when it comes to that. I was really young, so I don't know how I remember this. I was like eight, but my aunt Linda. Also, not my aunt. My family has a long history of doing this. <laughs> but she babysat me. She pretty much raised me from until I was like 10 years old. Like my parents worked full time. So like 80% of the time I was at my Linda's. And I had a dream that she has this huge tree by her house where she used to live. Like tall as hell. And like, you know those like, you ever used to climb on trees when you were young? It was really cool ones where the branches were like low and then big. 
was just about the only tree I climbed because I was afraid of heights. <laughs> okay. Well, this tree specifically, I would climb all the time. And everyone would always tell me I was going to fall out of the tree. I needed to be careful. Well, I had a dream that I climbed, like, really high, and I fell out of the tree. And I was, like, an inch away from the driveway, and I woke up. And that's probably, like, the scariest dream out of all the dreams. <laughs> terrible. Like, but I remember that dream vividly. Like, I remember exactly how the ground looked while Scary. I was falling. My stomach dropping to my testicles as I almost hit the ground. <laughs> so, I can only imagine, like, if you died. Like, yeah, you would have had to have died in real life, because I don't know if you'd survive a dream like that. that. Maybe the impact alone would be the heart attack that killed me. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was terrifying. I still remember that. I, like, what I remember the most is they had this dog called Honey Bear. And, like, they'd have them tied up. So I remember, like, the patches of missing grass <laughs> in the ground as I was falling. And that's, what, like, what I picture when I think of that dream. It's weird. I used to have the same dream. After my dad died, I used to have the same dream that he would call me and tell me he was still alive. It was weird. And I, like, changed his identity and went to Canada. Got mailed me a passport to see him. Like, yeah, I'm serious. Like, the same dream. Like, I, it was so weird. And I was always at my mom's. And I'd get a call from an unknown number. And it'd be like, broad daylight. And it would feel so real. And, like, the same thing would happen every time. He'd say, like, it's, it's your dad. Like, you need, I need to talk to you. And I'd be like, whoa, like, what? And, like, explain. And he'd be like, like, listen, I was going through a lot. Like, I had people follow me and, and change my identity. Like, I had, to, I had to get away. You know, like, I had that same dream all the time. I, like, ran to, he ran, <laughs> I don't know why it was Canada. <laughs> they went to my own fucking brain. Canada's a nice place. It is, but, like, to hide. But to hide, like, go to Cuba or something. <laughs> <laughs> Canada? Come on. That's, it's a little too mainstream for me when I think about it, but. Uh, the, only, I mean, the only dream I ever remember having over and over, and it's, like, stupidest dream ever was that it was at my house i was in my mom's house and i had family that lived right up the road and like we were attacked the town was attacked by like this giant monster <laughs> like have you ever seen you know the call of cthulhu It's like, this so giant, <laughs> it's like this giant squid monster, and like one of the okay. most popular pictures is him, like in the mist, and like all you see is his tentacles flying around, okay. and um, anyway, so like that was in my dream, and this is before I knew of Cthulhu, I was like seven, and I would just have the same dream over and over, that he was attacking the town, and I had to like drive down the road to get my cousins, and they all got, like hopped on this like big flatbed train. <laughs> And I drove to the mall like to were, save like us. You, like you were driving, like, Mexicans across the border. <laughs> just piling. Basically, basically. Come on, clowns, I, get in the car. I look in my rearview mirror, and he's just, like, back there. Oh, my And God. so we drive to the mall. Like, the mall, but instead of it being up in Elmira, it's in the Kmart Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it always ends, is, like, him stomping on the mall. That's so funny. Um, this is the only dream I ever remember repeating. <laughs> I didn't think repetitive dreams were real until I saw... Like, not that they were real. I never heard of anyone else having the same dream over and over again until I saw this movie. And I can't remember what it's called or what it's about, except for this one part. This guy was, like, walking in the field, and a crow, like, 
flew past him and just like was like Kong. And you just had that same dream over and over again. And that's like what half the movie was based on. Hmm. I don't remember what it was about. I was really young. That's the only like you know. And then I was like, maybe I'm not fucking crazy. Maybe rep- repetitive dreams are normal. But it's the only time I ever heard of people having the same dream. Like every every time they had a dream. Hmm. I had that same dream probably till I was 17 about my dad calling me. And it wasn't like every time I had a dream. It was just like, I don't know. Like it would just happen. Probably only happened like five or six times. It'd be really crazy if it was like every night. I probably would have yeah. got sent to a fucking insane asylum. But like my dad's alive and in Canada. <laughs> oh <my laughs> right. No, like it didn't happen super often. Bree said you had similar dreams. I've also had dreams, like, not repetitive dreams. Like, of, like, my dad would just, like, walk in the door. And I'd just, like, run up and hug him. You know, like, dreams like that. But, like, they weren't repetitive like the other one. Right. I have had dreams about my dad that really fucked with me, though. Like, I would, like, because I've only had, you know what lucid dreams are? Yes. Okay. I've had dreams like that before, but they were never related to anything super personal. They were always just random as hell. And I'd be like, well, I could do this. I could do this. Okay. I'd like, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but like I could control what I did. And I right. Could, you know, I acknowledge that I was dreaming, but I was still sleeping type of thing. But like, every time I dreamed about my dad, I actually believed, you know, that my dream was real. And like, that what was happening was actually happening. Even, even the dreams that repeated... Like when I like when when he called me, every time, even though my like my conscious brain knew that it was a dream, I didn't know in the dream. You know, it was weird. Mm. So like all my other dreams that I had about my dad, I thought were real until I woke up. Right. But I'd always just wake up like sad, like fuck. You know? I was just dreaming. I kind of wish there were lucid dreams though, just so I could have that experience one more time. Yeah actually hear my dad's voice and remember what it sounded like. You can teach yourself though. It was a dream. Yeah, you can like, you can, uh, I'm a little buzzed so I can't really <laughs> remember what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, they say like if you think about having a lucid dream or you tell yourself that you're gonna have a lucid dream or even like meditating you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You can train your brain to do certain things, but, like, every time I've tried to do that, I just forget in five minutes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna lose a dream, I lose a dream. All right, rest of the day goes on, I go to sleep, I wake up, I'm like, fuck. I forgot I was supposed to do that type of thing. But, I mean, I believe that it's possible, but I've never been able to do yeah. it successfully. I've had, like, two or three lucid dreams in my entire life, and they were totally random. They just happened. I don't know if I've ever had a lucid dream. I mean, I, I specifically remember one, and it was so weird. I was on a bus. <laughs> no pun intended to your bus. Story. <laughs> what personality was driving? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what was driving. But um, I was on, a, like, it was a school bus. I was on my way to school. And it was so weird, because, like, nothing significant happened at all. It was just, like, a normal day. But, like, I could control what was in my dream. And as soon as the dream started, I was like, wait, I'm dreaming. You ever, since you've never had a lucid dream, it's hard to explain. And I, I don't know if this is true with all cases of lucid dreams. But you know how they say, in, like, in your dreams, you only see faces that you've seen before? Yeah. Everything? Yeah. 
Well, on the bus, a lot of the faces were blurred out. Hmm. Like, I hadn't seen those people before. So but I was sitting next to Dawson, like I usually did. And I asked him for a chew. Because I used to chew in high school. <laughs> I haven't in years. But I used to chew in high school, and I asked him for one. He handed me a can, and I opened it up, and it was fucking Skittles. And I was, I was, I'll never forget this. I don't know why, but they were just fucking Skittles. And I was like, I'm gonna put these in my lip anyway, just to be a dumbass. And like, I just remember like specifically doing things that I could control doing. And like, I would like shout out shit to the bus driver, and like, nothing would ever like come of it. Time to explain. Huh? I think if I was lucid dreaming about being on a school bus, the last place I would go would be school. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I wasn't the driver, <laughs> so like, I didn't really have control over that. But I mean. I remember saying certain things and doing certain things like that I could control. I feel like there's been you ever been in a dream where like you were dreaming and you're like in your in your brain you were like I hope this doesn't happen I hope this doesn't happen and then it happens. Yeah. Like in my lucid dream I I never thought that you know so weird. It was like every little action I made it was like it's it's hard to explain because like I knew I was dreaming but it felt real at the same time so I was like am I dreaming <laughs> because like I could put my jacket on right now but, like, <laughs> and you wake up and you're like because oh. I had dreams where like where like I was about to like meet a girl and we were gonna go somewhere or something and then like it almost happened and I wake up type of thing but if it was a lucid dream what happened hmm. like or like I'd be like oh what if I say this wrong or what if I say this wrong that's how but if I was in a lucid dream, I could have just been like, you know, like said the things I wanted to say, and I wouldn't have woke up in the fucking middle of it, <laughs> type of thing. I don't know how to explain it, but. You ever go to sleep, like, praying that you have, like, continue a dream that you've yes. already begun? Yeah, I do that lot. all the time. All the time. It makes me so mad. There's been so many times where, like, I got to the best part of my dream, and I'd wake up in the middle of the night, and I was like, maybe if I just close my eyes right now, <laughs> yeah. I would just continue. And there's, there's probably been a couple times where I actually continued, but then it kind of just trailed off. Right. But, like... Or I would just start a whole different dream, but forget it's like five minutes after I woke up. Have you ever like had a dream that you thought you were going to remember? And then you go yes. to tell someone and you just forget? Yes! Yeah. Or sometimes, sometimes it'll be like, like the small thing. Well, sure, like, that wasn't a dream I had. Mm -hmm. Like the small thing, but like I never know what the dream is about. You know they say you only dream for like three seconds. What? Yeah. Well, if you think about it. It, your body is only in like REM sleep, which is deep sleep, right. for like a few hours a night, and that's the <clears> only <throat> time you dream. Mm -hmm. So like, if you have several dreams a night, which happens to me more often than not, right. to be honest. So they say like each dream is only like maybe five seconds. Have you ever long. had those dreams though, from like, <clears throat> like the second you go to sleep to the second you wake up? Is that one whole dream? Yeah. You know what I mean, and then like. And what's weird is you'd think those were the dreams you would remember the most, but you forget them in like five minutes. I have a bad memory anyway, so... Exactly. Forcefully well, trying to remember something is like... Or they say like, happen. most dreams you forget within a few minutes anyway. Yeah. Like they're not like implanted in your brain. It's kind of just your brain idling off while you're sleeping. It's pretty frustrating. Because I, I swear to God, I've been dreaming, and I tell myself in my dream like... Mm -hmm. And then I wake up and I'm just like, 
Or I wake up and, like, I remember. And then I, like, go out in the kitchen and say, like, Bree's talking to my mom and I'll make a cup of coffee. And then I'm like, so about the dream. And I'm like, yeah, I don't remember shit. Because <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> right. I, I really gotta pee. Okay. Yeah, we're at 55 minutes anyway, so I think we're going to wrap this up. No, don't. Yeah, alright. Well, it's been pretty fun. Thanks, Lucas. No problem. Um, if you ever want to have me again for any reason. Yeah. I'm like two blocks from where we work, so I mean, it really shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Normally we record on Saturdays. Generally we record a little bit later, but... Well, I usually work Saturdays, but um, I mean, if you need me over... I don't know, we'll plan it. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely willing to come back on to meet yeah. Tommy and Justin. Right now, Tommy and Justin are not here because they have other priorities. That's <laughs> fine, life happens, but... Tommy had other priority last week, too. Alright. Alright.